The Serious Side is coming up next, right here on the TJRS Radio Network. My mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These council binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the same what I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in our class. Colored pencils, too. These new socks? They can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. School shootings are preventable if you know the signs. Learn more at sandyhookpromise.org. What do you wish for? A nice life? Nice things? Or do you wish for something more? A sense of purpose? Do you wish to discover a cure? To write code that cracks an unsolvable question? To further our exploration into space? Or to invent something that changes everything right here on Earth? Well... If that's your wish, make yourself ready. Because when you look back, you'll see that you didn't just make wishes. You realized them. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Louise Schiavone. The coronavirus pandemic has now killed more than 266,000 people in the U.S. alone. So far, researchers have identified 13.2 million cases across the nation, even as new cases surge. For November, the U.S. surpassed the 4 million case mark this weekend. That's more than double October's record of 1.9 million cases. NPR's Eric Westervelt has more. Nine months into the pandemic, hard-won treatment lessons by doctors and nurses have helped lower the number of severe COVID-19 cases that end in death. But in many places today, hospitals are overcrowded and straining to keep up with the rising number of patients. Oklahoma on Saturday reported more than 6,200 new infections, a one-day record there. Spiking cases in Los Angeles prompted the nation's most populous county to impose new restrictions starting Monday that prohibit almost all public and private gatherings outside of a person's household. And experts are warning that Thanksgiving weekend stoppages and delays in testing and processing are likely to artificially lower new infection numbers in the days ahead. Eric Westervelt, NPR News. In the northern Ethiopian region of Tigray, a manhunt is on the way for leaders of a rebellious faction called the TPLF as the government declared the military has assumed control of the area. 
But as the BBC's David Bamford reports, rebel leaders plan to fight on. In a message to Reuters news agency, the TPLF leader said his forces were withdrawing from the city of Mekele, suggesting this would now become a guerrilla war. The Ethiopian government says its troops now control the city, though there's no independent confirmation. It added that 7,000 soldiers and federal police captured by the TPLF at the start of the rebellion three weeks ago have been rescued. There are a few details of casualties. In the meantime, a human rights group says that thousands of Eritrean refugees who've lived for many years in northern Tigray have been abducted by Eritrean troops who crossed the border. The BBC's David Bamford. In Iran, calls continue for retaliation to the killing of the top, of the top nuclear scientists there. Turkey has condemned the killing. Peter Kenyon has more. The foreign ministry in Ankara issued a statement saying, we condemn this heinous murder and extended condolences to the family of Mohsen Fakhrizadeh, who was gunned down Friday. Iran's supreme leader has called for definitive punishment for those responsible. Iran's president says Israel was behind the attack. There was no response from Israel. A hardline Iranian newspaper carried an opinion piece suggesting an attack on the Israeli port of Haifa if Israel is found to be responsible. The author called for an attack that, quote, causes heavy human casualties. As Iran considers its response, concerns are growing about the potential for an escalating conflict that could involve other countries and possibly U.S. troops in the region. This is NPR. Coming up next on The Serious Side. In his first question and answer session since the election, Mr. Trump repeated his claims based on no evidence that he was cheated out of a second term. But he also said if Joe Biden wins the Electoral College vote next month, as expected, he will go along with it. So President Trump says it would be a mistake for the Electoral College to certify the election for Joe Biden. He also says Biden should not yet be forming a cabinet. All of this despite the fact that the Trump administration itself has already begun the transition to the president-elect. Where we put this country back on track, and not just because Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have a chance to win Georgia, but you've got the chance to flip two Senate seats. I said, well, I got to go. I got to come. I told Michelle, I'm sorry, baby. I got to go to Georgia. This is a big deal. You have two extraordinary candidates in John and the Reverend who deserve your vote. And let's face it, you've also got two senators who badly need to be replaced. I suppose the obvious question is, we did that back in January. Has your position changed at all after that? Because it raised a lot of headlines. A lot of controversy. Since then, more states have endorsed same-sex marriage. It's becoming much less of a prohibitive kind of issue than it used to be. What's your view now? You know, Piers, it really never changes because mine was, mine's based out of the Scripture. That's what I believe that the Scripture says, that, that homosexuality is a sin. Welcome to the serious side of the Jay Wilde Show with Mrs. Vanessa Maybell. Mr. Jerome Esprit, the official texter of the show Mr. Johnny D, and Mr. Elias. Now here is your host, 
Jay Lyle. Thank you so much. Good morning, folks. Today is November 29th. 2020, and you're in tune to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show. Here are some of the topics that we will discuss this morning on the show. Trump is still fighting. That's right. President Trump still says that the election was stolen. This man cares nothing about our democracy. He's just a clown. We'll talk about it. Georgia, Georgia, Georgia on my mind. The control of the U.S. Senate depends on the outcome of the Georgia runoff election in January. How can the Dems win both seats and the role Stacey Abrams will play in this whole process? And last but certainly not least, and a very touchy topic, and I can't wait to get into it, gay and Christianity. Black preachers love President Obama, but when he finally supported gay marriage, there were preachers in the African-American community who spoke out against them. As a Christian, here's the question, should you support gay marriage? Man, a lot of stuff to talk about this morning, but I never share the stage by myself. Let me introduce you to some of the very best and the best. First up, my big sis is in the house. Now, we'll change her intro just slightly because we used to say she watches CNN, MSNBC, and she hang out with Trump's voters so you don't have to, we could take that last piece off, right? Let's say good morning to my big sis, the one and only Miss Vanessa Mae Bell from the Mackinac. Good morning, Vanessa. How are you doing? Well, maybe, do you still hang out with Trump voters? Maybe I should continue. What say you, my beautiful sister? I do still hang out with Trump voters. Um, mm, my birthday mm, is tomorrow, mm. and so Bobby took me to Delta Downs. You know what that is. Um, What's tomorrow? Thanksgiving holiday. My birthday is tomorrow. Oh, my so God. You know, we're singing happy birthday, baby. That's coming up before the show goes out. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. Me, 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 me. Let me get my vocal cords ready. Go ahead. <laughs> there were Trump signs everywhere, uh, all through Louisiana. So, yeah, we still hang out with them because Louisiana is definitely red. Wow. Isn't that something? Ain't that a mess? All right, speaking of a mess, and it's not associated with this brother, but it rhymes with his name, but he's the man who gets the first and last word here on the serious side, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. What's up, man? How you doing? Oh, man, good morning. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Nessa. Good morning, Kathleen. Good morning, Mariana Music. John Hawk, stay safe, my brother. And Jerome Esprit will be talking to you in a minute, my brother. Absolutely. Oh, Speaking of the, good the, the Rich, treacherous Rich three. Yep. Oh, Rich mm-hmm. Sister, what's going on? Good morning, sweetie. I love you. All right, uh, Mr. Johnny D in the place to be. He's off this morning, but he may check in uh, dealing with some situations, so uh, hopefully he'll be in here this morning. Uh, our colleague, uh, Jerome Esprit, usually joins us after his commitment for Clear Channel Radio, so we should expect him uh, at his usual time. And, of course, our dear, esteemed colleague, Miss Kathleen Williams, is on special assignment, and uh, every now and then she'll drop in and give us a word of prayer. Can't wait to talk about what she's into, but, you know, once again, she's on special assignment. Inch high, private eye, double secret. We have to tell you. If we tell you, we have to kill you. All right, the number is 347 You can jump in the World Famous chat room where you can hang out on all the social media sites that we uh, monitor throughout the course of the show. You can call in and talk to us. However, if you're shy and bashful, which most of you are, or, let me be fair, let's say that you're listening to the show 
not today on Sunday, but you, well, you are listening today if it's Wednesday, but if you're not listening to the live broadcast, I should say, uh, then you can leave your remarks there, and if they're nice and if they're respectful, we will read them. I promise you that. All right, 347-850-1272. Hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. It was good for uh, me and Mr. LES. Uh, what about you, man? How was Thanksgiving? Well, it was, it, was, it was a Thanksgiving, man. It was okay. I had a great time, man. You know, okay. it by myself because you know I'm because of the virus. But hey, man, it is what it is. And I yeah, actually, I was supposed to be my flight was supposed to be. I was supposed to be in Houston this morning. Wow. Yep. Yep. And that's something. That's a tradition mm-hmm. that hopefully we'll get back on track uh, here. Hopefully in the near near future. Never know. What about you, Vanessa? How was Thanksgiving for you? I was trying to send y'all a picture of what I did Thanksgiving. Uh, Thanksgiving was awesome for me. I wasn't with family because family want to hug you and touch you, and I couldn't be around all the family. No, really. You know, I didn't want to get together with my sisters, all her family, because it's too many kids and stuff. And so Bobby and I took the travel trailer out, and we went down to uh, Louisiana, uh, to uh, the Delta. uh, Oh, wow. I had buff- I had buffaloes running all over the screen and uh buffaloes uh, like real yeah. buffaloes like real buffaloes oh, Buffalo wow. casino slot machine Jay. Oh girl okay I look at me okay I'm done this morning. worth of buffaloes I had oh, $500 wow. worth of buffaloes so I was trying to send you the picture. So anyway, oh, we did okay. have a great day. Then the family got together yesterday and went and hung out with me playing bingo. And then tomorrow, Bobby is hanging out with me. So and then we're going to the zoo like Tuesday. So it's been a great holiday and it's been a great birthday thus far. So I'm blessed, thankful. And then I got y'all. I just love y'all. Y'all know Absolutely. I you know, you can't beat this. I was waiting for you to throw this in the mix. Can't beat what you got here. Can't beat what you got here. (laughs) And we love you, too. So I appreciate it. All right. Once again, that number is 347-850-1272 is the calling number. You can be a part of it. It's time to get into the topics. And here's this morning's first topic on the agenda. I know one thing. Joe Biden did not get 80 million votes. Mr. Biden did get 80 million votes, but President Trump refuses to accept that reality. I want to wish you all a very happy Thanksgiving. After offering Thanksgiving greetings to troops stationed overseas, the president answered questions for the first time since losing the election and launched into more baseless attacks on the results. If you look at the numbers, the numbers are uh, false. The numbers are corrupt. It was a rigged election, 100 percent, and people know it. There is no evidence of widespread voter fraud, and the president's lawyers have failed in almost all of their legal efforts contesting the results in multiple states. It's going to be a very hard thing to concede because we know there was massive fraud. The president stopped short of conceding the election and scolded a reporter who pressed him on it. Don't talk to me that way. You're just a, you're just a lightweight. Don't talk to me that way. Don't talk to, I'm the president of the United States. Don't ever talk to the president that way. He also would not speculate on a 2024 run, but he did say he will leave the White House peacefully in January with a caveat. Certainly I will. Certainly I will. And you know that. But I think that there will be a lot of things happening between now and the 20th of January. 
Right. Uh, so President Trump is still fighting. Uh, he's still saying that uh, he will not concede that the election was stolen. He's coming up with all this nonsense. He's talking about how the bottom line is, is that if he concedes, he's not going to concede. And only He'll only concede uh, if the electors come out and saying that the, ele- the election was confirmed. But then he also here recently has come out and said, well, wait a minute, I'm not sure even if they come out and say that this happened, uh, then I'm not really sure if I'm going to concede. This guy is an idiot. So let's pick up the conversation right there with the man who gets the first and last word on the show, Mr. Elias. Listen, man, this guy is not going to concede. I think it's pretty obvious at this point. So what happens next, Mr. Elias? I mean, what happens next with a guy who continues to make a mockery of this democracy? Well, you know what, Jay? He's going to continue to make a, democ- uh, 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 a mockery of it, man, because he, this is who he is. You know, he's a narcissist who can't believe that he lost. And then on top of that, you know, somebody told him that a lot of African-American voters voted for him. Well, more did this time than the first time, right? So he said, well, that's impossible. I lost Detroit. I lost Atlanta. I lost in Milwaukee. So how? No, that's, 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 no, no, get rid of those votes. This, this this guy is a narcissist, man. So if you understand narcissists, it's all about me. I don't care about you. And at my, at my job, I have narcissists. And my, my, my coworkers use the, the state, statement, it's the parade for me and F everybody else. And that's just what he is, man. That's what this guy is. And that's, that's what he's saying to the country. Parade for me and F all y'all because I won. I know I won. Look at my and his son said, "Look at the, look at the rallies that we had. Look at all the large rallies we had. So I know we won, and I, this is what we've done. And I know I know because of the, the size of our rallies that we, we we won. And Joe Biden couldn't pull in ten people. No, Joe Biden was being a, a sensical person by saying, hey, 'Hey, I'm not going to spread this virus any more than what it's spreading.' You know, and, and I mean, come on, man. The bottom line is, look, you lost, concede, you lost." And he's never going to concede. Let's just be honest. He's never going to say, hey, look, I lost the election. Because it looks bad on him. And he doesn't want to look bad, even though he does look bad. So, it's what it is. He's done. It's a done daughter. But the only feel is, is when he said something about the electric, that, that kind of like uh, got my antennas up a little bit, you know. When he said what now? This is the last part. Well, when he said, you know, if 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 he wins the, if all the electors come in and they say he won, then I, I'll concede and I'll leave. I got a little. Yeah. I got a little I got but a he little, changed that. I got he, he he is he, he's walking away from that now. I mean, Vanessa, you know, this is a man. You know, the stuff sounds so ridiculous because his his attorneys are arguing in court, which they're losing. Uh, I think they've won maybe three out of I don't know thirty six or thirty seven attempts, but the bottom mm-hmm. line is he wants he wants he wants people to think that wait a minute there's this worldwide conspiracy going on where they're trying to take my votes but wait a minute it's only the people who voted for Biden's whose votes are fraud everyone who voted for me those are good we're not gonna worry about those we're just gonna worry about everyone who voted for Biden this sounds like a freaking Dr. Seuss novel if it wasn't playing out in real life what say you? Uh, Vanessa, I'm quite sure. Vanessa? I'm here. Hold on. I'm sorry. I'm moving about. Um, you 
know what? <laughs> we were listening to some talk, some news channel or something over the holiday, and they said that his family actually knows that he lost, that everybody actually knows that he lost, that people are sneaking out resumes, even though he told them not to. <laughs> they said that the reason why he is doing it is because he is trying to keep his base excited for the January election so that they won't turn it to blue. So you know what? For Vanessa, I'm trying to find out how to send some donations to the Democratic Party for Georgia. I'm trying to, at the end of December, start encouraging Georgia people to make sure they get out and vote. Um, I really don't care what Trump is saying or what his trifling behind is doing because those of us who know Trump is a crook realize that he is doing all of this by saying he's going to run 2024 because he wants the donations. He wants the charitable contributions. That way he can use it toward his legal team that he's going to need when he steps foot out of that White House. It says it on the bottom of that email. God, mm-hmm. I shouldn't have deleted it and stopped them from sending it to me. It says it at the bottom that he can use mm-hmm. this money for attorney fees. So, you know what, Jay? It's a great conversation to have, but it's a bunch of crap. And uh, I just don't tune into that mess because he just wants the money to help him to get his butt out of trouble. Trump is not running 2024 because Trump is going to have a felony charge or something on him, and he's not going to be able to run. Even if he don't go to jail, he's going to have some kind of charge on him or something where he's not going to be able to run. Now, does that mean Pence won't run, who is just as bad as Trump? Or does it mean his ignorant son, who is trifling, won't run? That's a possibility. But Trump, Donald J. ain't running. Donald J. is not going to be running because Donald J., it's going to be in so much trouble, he ain't going to want to face off with people. He's going to be running from the law. <laughs> running away. He's going to be running from that black woman in New York who did a news conference and said, when you step foot out of that office on Pennsylvania Avenue, I'm coming for you. That's who he's going to be running from. <laughs> Letitia James, the, the Attorney General of uh, the Southern District yeah. of uh, New York. Alright, so now the smartest man in the world has graces with his presence. The one and only Mr. Jerome Esprit is in the house. Good morning, Jerome. How you doing? I'm good, man. How you doing? Good morning, my brother. Another brother in paradise. Another day in paradise. Hey, good morning, Vanessa. No palm trees. Yes, sir. Alright. Let's pick this, let's pick this, continue the conversation. Now, mm-hmm. you know, once again, the guy is not going to concede. Um, so here's the million dollar question um, come January Jerome he's getting out that White House come hell or high water but what about the the long term damage and stain do you really think that do you think this sets our democracy back or do you think that after this cloud of Trumpism goes away, that things will kind of return to normal in, in four years. If it's a re-election for Joe Biden or a new president, uh, then obviously everything will go as, you know, how things have gone up until the Trump years. What do you think, man? What, what type of long-term effect do you think this guy is having on our democracy, democracy and the way we do business here uh, in the U.S. Uh, government? Well, I, I think it's... Um, um kind of an overstated um, 
it's kind of an overstated concept that the that Trump has changed this country. Trump has exposed it for what it is. I think it's going to revert back a little bit to what it was before. So all these people who are big Trump fans, they're going to start getting swept out of office like nobody's business. Because if you're not authentically that crazy dude, then technically the crazy people who came out to vote who normally don't vote aren't coming back out. They're going to lose Georgia because Trump is not going to campaign the same way that he campaigned generally. So the effort and the money that they put on the ground to bring out all the people in the rural areas, they're not spending that money. They're not, they're not doing that again. Now, the Stacey Abrams organizations and all of those guys, they're doing that because they built, they built that machine. But I don't think that um, the Republicans could sustain this because Mitch McConnell is not Donald Trump. He's a mean-spirited, older version of Donald Trump, but he's not going to do the same rhetoric as Donald Trump, so he doesn't get the same response out of the people. So they're not going to drive voters. So I, I, I doubt it. I mean, I, I've heard this um, conversation for, you know, the last, I don't know, four or five weeks of people saying, look, Donald Trump has permanently put an anchor into the Republican Party, into the... Um, into the the DNA of this country, and I say that that's not true. I say it's always been there, right? We, we're underestimating our, our own um, our own um, narcissistic, um, racist, white supremacist base that always existed in this country. They just didn't feel comfortable yeah, running out of there, but they've always been there. Yeah, it's like when we talked. When I talked about the underbelly of racism once President Obama was elected, I mean, I think you're right. You're saying basically that this guy, all this guy is doing is giving cover to those folks who have already been lying in the wind, waiting for an opportunity to pounce and to spread their racism and their hate and all the different things that make up, you know, a small portion of this country. I, I'm assuming that's where you're going with yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, they've they've always been there, and they just kind of. You know, it's like Groundhog Day. They come out, they see their shadow, they go back. <laughs> and if they don't see their shadow, you know, they're just they just keep going, right? So just think about all these um, Karens that's out there. They'll go see themselves on camera, get fired from their job, and then they issue an apology. They're apologizing because they exposed themselves, and they didn't mean to. It didn't mean that they stopped being racist or they weren't racist beforehand. They felt brave. Right, because they always do that to black folks. Like we can, we we all have a lot of stories about white folks minding somebody else's business, telling them like, "Who are you, and why are you here?" And we're like, "Wait a minute, who are you?" It's always been like that. So we're talking about dealing with a pathology, and we act as if just because the news is covering it, that it's something new, right? right. Like I like I said, it's like watching Morning Joe, watching Joe Scarborough, Meek, and all of those fools. Or, or Willie Geist. This dude's just as racist as anybody else. I don't care how nice they play with us. Because if you watch what they do, they will slowly creep you back into the conservative side to make you think that you are the problem. Right? And so there's something about this that we need to see through a pathology and deal with, opposed to acting as if uh, there's just a few crazy people and now they're going to go back undercover. No. We have 
we have to change the way, and, and I don't know how you do this. Don't, it's not my, um, my, my field of study, but there is something that needs to change fundamentally in how we see each other and how we see the world. And this is not black people's issues. When I say we, I mean that as Americans. I don't mean that as black people. Black people need to see jack different because you cannot tell oppressed people that they need to see their oppressors in a better light. You can't do that. It's just dumb to do anyway. So, yeah. you know, we have we have to kind of look at it and look at people like Donald Trump as, you know, because we, we see them people all the time, and white people see them too. You know, it's their cousins and their uncles and their fathers. They know those people in their family who are like that. They just overlook them. Mm. So we need to deal with this as a, uh, as a society and say, what do we do when we have, um, when this flares its, its ugly head up? Because you have people who are farmers who are getting billions of dollars in subsidies and then complaining about somebody getting um, food stamps. <coughs> you know, yeah. you're getting about $2,500 in food stamps a doggone year, and people are complaining. Y'all getting free food. That is stupid. So be poor so that you can get food stamps. How about that? Really? You know, <laughs> simplicity like that does not, it really escapes them. So, yeah. My comment? Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead, Vanessa. So, to kind of touch on what Jerome just said, you know, it's not even just the, the Joe Scarboroughs and the Mikas and the, anybody else. You got the people on Fox. You got some people on Channel 11 Local News here in You got a lot of people, not just them, that are Republicans but did not vote for Trump because he's an outright racist. There's a difference. I do believe that people that are true racist but want to hide behind it and say that they're not voted for Trump. I do believe that people that are not racist did not vote for him. They did not cover up for him. I know that Mika and Joe and all the rest of them are Republicans. So what? We work for them. Mika's not a Republican. They work for them. Everybody else works for them. Who cares? I think Mika and Willie is not true. Let me finish. That's not true as me. I I, I don't think all of us got a story, like you said, to tell what has happened to us as black people. I just believe that some people that are Republicans are not racist. They're not one and the same. And even if they are a racist, as long as you don't show your hand to me, like our bosses do to us every day, like our co-workers do to us every day, smile in our face, and then and then go and call somebody uh, the N-word behind our back, that's just reality. That's just the world. That's just how it is when I was on an airplane traveling across the country and had everybody under the sun on my plane. And and you can hear them say a nasty comment behind your back when you walk off. I've had a couple of them say, I don't want that nigga to serve me. So I knew you know, I knew you couldn't just go without saying it. I okay. I, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Go ahead, Vanessa. I knew it. You know I knew what? it. I, I said she said no, N word, I was bracing myself, but I knew it. Go ahead, Vanessa. We got to get the break. Go ahead. No, no. Can I, can I say this? Would you like to be at work and somebody not say, I don't want this girl that's the N-word to serve me? That ain't what they said to me and hurt my feelings, Jay. 
Okay, Vanessa. That's all right, what fine. they said. They didn't say okay, no with the N word. They said I don't want that nigga. It's what they Oops, said. It is. And it is okay, all right. And it hurt my feelings. Okay. It, it is. It is. Can I say this because it is. because it we're is. taking a real quick, Jerome? I give you thirty seconds, man, because we got to go to break. Jerome, take it, brother. Go ahead and close us out. Of so, let me say this, Vanessa, because I think you're you're missing the point of what I've what I'm saying when I said no, I that about Mika and and all of those guys. It is it is easy to point out racists who call you names. That is easy, but a problem is the people who are complying with the racists. So we're talking about 57% of all white people voting for Trump. I don't give a damn if they're racist or not. They're supporting racism and they're supporting oppression, right? So we cannot start dicing people up. That's six out of ten white people that you see voted for and supported for Trump. I don't give a damn why they did it. I can't say that they're racist because they voted for him. I am saying to them that they're supporting racism and oppression. We need to get over that and stop looking at our individual friends and saying, oh, I know some white folks who are not racist. We don't give a damn about them either. I am just telling you they're supporting the same system of apartheid and white supremacy and oppression that we need to figure out how to stop. But we cannot keep losing our own personal experiences to to supersede and impose on white folks goodness that don't sit in them. Because if those numbers are that high... That means that the people who are still feeding you news and information are still manipulating you to fit back into a system and feel comfortable of a system of oppression that we need to keep fighting out out of. Do you understand? So even though Joe Biden is probably going to be really good for us, that doesn't mean that Joe Biden don't have that in him. I don't expect him to understand black folks. We need to, we need to own this part. And stop feeling like they're, because white folks have us doing that. Oh, it ain't all white folks, just to make them comfortable. If it ain't you, it's not you. We don't have to say that, but we are so, that's what uh, white supremacy and oppression does for us, that we feel compelled to defend those people, right? Our humanity is intact. Of course we're going to do that. We don't just attack all white folks. But you need to understand what I mean when I'm saying that the people who are wolves in sheep clothing, just because they smile and have black people as sort of their friends, that we need to not overlook them. They're supporting the same yep. system that's keeping us, um, that's oppressing us. All right. I got to jump in. All right, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. And I do, I think you're right. People that support it. You know, I talked about it all during the four years that Trump was in office. There are some folks who were my dear friends who were of the other color. But because they voted for Trump, I had to, you know, shut them down. And, and they couldn't understand that. And I said, well, you know, this is bigger than, you know, your pocketbook. This is bigger than, you know, the fact that you've been a lifelong Republican. Sometimes you have to stand up for what's right and, uh, and do the right thing. And there were a lot of Republicans who did that this term time around and you know and I'm grateful for that because they said country first uh, not party and so uh, you know we definitely need to commend those all right this week's edition of four minutes or less something that you need to know we're doing something new something for the first time we're going to do a part one and a part two you know earlier in the segment uh, Jerome mentioned farmers I want to concentrate on black farmers how their land was taken from them from the U.S. government. So this is part one, and you'll hear part two next week. It's time for this morning's edition of Informative, so that's something that you need to know. Right here on the Serious Side, call it. We see you in the queue. We'll talk to you on the other side. You're listening to the Serious Side of the J. Rouse Show right here on the TJRS Radio Network 
online radio at its best. We'll be right back after this. Don't go anywhere. My dad's land was taken. And that's how I see it. Over the course of the entire 20th century, we know that black farmers have lost about 12 million acres of land total. We are just being forced out. They're trying to force us out. These cases of dispossession can only be called theft. Mount Bayer is an historic all-black town, uh, formed many years in the 1800s by two former slaves. We don't have the overt racism that we used to have against people out in the public. Now we deal with it with uh, employment, uh, economics, banks. We still deal with it, and until we overcome all of that, the Delta will forever struggle, is my belief. No, I'm going to help them get this, get a pilot pipe loaded so they can still start putting the pilot pipe in. I've been doing this all of my life. As a kid, we went to the field until it was dark, either cotton chopping or cotton picking. The Mississippi Delta is this area between these rivers in the northwest of Mississippi that has some of the most fertile land in the United States, in the continent, really. If you go out there, you'll see rows and rows of cotton, soybeans, every single type of crop you can imagine. But in the early 20th century, almost all the land was owned by white folks. It was homesteaded out by the federal government, but was otherwise inaccessible to black folks. My grandpapa, Ed Scott Sr., started purchasing land back in 1938. They came from Hale County, Alabama, and they moved to Mississippi in 1919 before my dad was born. My grandmama hated it here, but in Alabama, black people could only share crop. No one would sell them land. Very few could get the historic 40 acres in a mule. Ed Scott Sr. was almost supernaturally gifted at farming. He knows exactly how to rotate the crops, how to plant things in a way that, that gets the, the highest yields. And that gave him his own economic gravity that local white businessmen could not ignore. Eventually, a plantation owner decides to sell Ed Scott Sr. a plot of land. When he passed in 1957, the family had acquired acres and acres of land. Ed Scott's son, 
Ed Scott Jr. takes over the farm. He is part of the generation of men that goes off to war during World War II. And when this generation of black men comes back, their white peers are granted so many free things from the GI Bill. They get free education, lots of them get free homes, they get things they can pass on to their children. But the black men among that number are denied many of those opportunities. Blacks were never successful at getting enough money to farm with from USDA. So when they went in to get the money for the crop, they gave them half of what they need, which was the way of keeping blacks from being successful. Because if you're going to grow beans and you say, I need this much for fertilizer, I need this much for crop protection, I need this much for seeds, and I need this much for watering, and you only get half of that, there's no way for you to produce a good crop. Yeah, they didn't even try to buy no land in Mississippi. You never own no land in Mississippi. The white people ain't gonna let you own no land in Mississippi. That's what the county agents will tell me. It's documented. They did not offer him the same loan terms. They regularly offered him much smaller loans than they did white farmers in the area. The county agent, he refused to give him a loan. So he could not feed his fish could not water his crops. They foreclosed on his land. At its peak, the Scotts farm spanned across 1,000 acres. Now it was down to just 300. Who won it? Black farmers. Win! Now! In 1997, thousands of black farmers sued the USDA for discrimination. What's known as the Black Farmers Lawsuit is actually called Pigford versus Glickman, one of the largest class action lawsuits filed on behalf of black farmers against the USDA and the federal government. There's a wide disparity in the way the Department of Agriculture treats black farmers versus white farmers. Because of the practice, the discriminatory practices of USDA, I was put out of business. Uh, my family was destroyed, and basically they just destroyed my life. The Scots become one of the marquee families in this lawsuit. Welcome back in three four seven eight five zero one two seven two forty two minutes after the hour. That's part one, uh, featuring uh, talking about black farmers and how the government stole land from them. You know, we have reservations and things uh, for, uh, for for Native Americans, which they rightfully deserve. But uh, you know, African Americans have been uh, getting the ramrod around here for a very long time. I mean, where is our forty acres and a mule? Um, so part two coming up next week. Make sure you're tuning in to uh, check that out. All right, three four seven eight. 501272. It's the serious side of the J. Ryle Show, which happens right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. We're back. But before we get into our second topic, Mr. Elias, we do have a caller uh, on the line. Can we open this mic and get him in here? Yes, we can, Jay. Uh, we got right. Josh on the line with us. Uh, Josh All right, good morning, Josh. Where are you calling from, uh, my friend, and uh, what's on your mind? I'm uh, calling from East Central Illinois over here in Champaign. How you doing, hey, gentlemen? How are you? Doing, doing well, doing well. We have a lady amongst us as well. Oh, gentlemen, a lady. I'm sorry. Good morning. <laughs> Go uh, well, what's on your mind, Josh? 
I, I just have a few disputes here because uh, I have gone out of my way. Like, I, I got a bachelor's degree in... Um, I got a bachelor's degree in, like, ec- ecology, basically. And I, and I was trying to get into agronomy. And I was trying to get a master's degree in that as well. And I'd be more than happy to travel all over the country and do this. I have already used my bachelor's degree to help people raise orchards in Maine and deal with crops in Missouri and deal with uh, winery like vineyards up in uh, Wisconsin. And I'd be more than happy to travel across town, not even across, I'm sorry, across the pond (laughs) and help people actually manage their soil, uh, which seems to be a big problem in Africa. And I went there when I was younger uh, on security detail in Nigeria and Cameroon and Chad and it would not be very difficult to help the farmers out there in Central Africa interesting is that you feel that was your calling or why did you decide to uh, to to uh, to focus uh, especially in Africa and you know to try to take your talents there to help those people well, because uh, I have an understanding of um, we have the, the highest yields here in America when it comes to crops. Um, and obviously the worst yields are in Arabia and the Middle East because they have very infertile land. But when it comes to Africa, there is no reason that these guys <laughs> are producing so little food. It makes no sense. And I think that's just a lack of... You know, that's a lack of someone coming in and saying, hey, this is how you do it. Interesting. Well, Josh, I'll tell you what, uh, you know, you need to be committed for your efforts in trying to uh, take your talents and try to help other people who are in need of help. And uh, we hope that you are able to, uh, you know, fulfill your your destiny, so to speak. And, uh, you know, we all have callings, and we really appreciate your calling into the show this morning, my friend. And uh, keep us updated on uh, how that works out for you. And we we hope that someone listening to the show will uh, think about uh, what you just said and get in contact with with the show. And I'm pretty sure, Mr. Elias, we can get his contact information. And if we can make a connection, we will definitely try to make that happen. Uh, because, you know, we're all about trying to find a way to, to, to help people reach out and to have extraordinary skill sets to be able to lend those skill sets to, to those who are in need. So, once again, Josh, thank you for, thank you for calling into the show and appreciate you showing it, sharing that knowledge. All right, folks, it's time to get into the second topic of the morning. Where we put this country back on track, and not just because Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have a chance to win Georgia, but you've got the chance to flip two Senate seats? I said, well, I got to go. I got to come. I told Michelle, I'm sorry, baby. I, I got to go to Georgia. This is a big deal. You have two extraordinary candidates in John and the Reverend who deserve your vote. And let's face it, you've also got two senators who badly need to be replaced. That was President Obama when he was uh, stomping for Joe 
Joe Biden and uh, Kamala Harris during the campaign, and he was in Georgia, and he said, Michelle, baby, uh, I'm sorry, baby, I got to go on down to Georgia because uh, they need us. You know, we talked about it a little bit in the first segment, but we can continue that conversation uh, through this segment. Georgia is going to be no, – no one figured that Georgia would be the epic center for this. And, you know, now the political world is concentrating on Georgia. Now, Jerome said something in the first segment that I thought was interesting. He said, look, at the end of the day, excuse me, uh, Georgia, Democrats are going to win Georgia. And I tell you what, it makes me feel good. Stacey Abrams is doing her thing. But let me talk to my other two colleagues and see if they feel the same way that the smartest man in the world feels. And let me start with you, Miss Lady, uh, Vanessa. What do you think? You think that, uh, you think that uh, the Democrats can win those two seats and uh, turn Georgia completely blue? Or do you think it's a situation where I saw a report where folks – we're talking like, hey, we like our senators, we just can't stand the president. So they're going to, you know, put Biden in office, but they're going to continue to have Republican senators. What say you, Vanessa? <laughs> y'all know if I open my mouth, y'all going to shoot me out. So sometimes I can scared to stop. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Get out of here. I think that they're going to get one seat. I don't think they're going to get both of them. I pray to God they do. But I just don't think they're going to get both seats. Why is that? Because the stock market is doing as well as it is because they think that it's going to be uh, a, both sides being able to run the house, uh, run the White House. And the stock market doesn't like it when it's just one side, like it's all Democrats or all Republicans. The stock market is flourishing because they really think that it's going to be a two-party uh system going in. So I'm just telling you what I've heard, what I listen to the financial channels as to what's going on. Mm-hmm. I well, don't, but but I don't know if baby, you've been hearing it less, but I'm just telling you what they are saying. So I, I, I believe that some of the same black people that got out to put Biden in because they hated Trump so much, I don't think that they're going to come back out to vote for these senators. Uh, especially if the COVID numbers get to be bad. I pray that they do. I will be blasting Facebook at the end of December after Christmas, but I just think they're only going to get one seat. I don't think they're going to get both, but that's just me. What about you, Ms. Elliott? Same question. Well, you know what, man? Um, Vanessa, I, I, you know, if you, you think about it, um, uh I, I, I don't think it's, it, it has anything to do with that because the stock market reached 30,000 uh, because of Joe Biden's uh, they, they knew Joe Biden was coming in the office so that, that threw Trump's analogy out the window about uh, well I'm just that, telling that, you what the fall. newscaster I'm, it's not my analogy Les I'm listening mm-hmm. to the AM talk shows on finance I'm listening to the whatever the economic channel that Bobby has on cable on TV. It's not Vanessa. It's some white people that's wanting the money that's saying it, not me. Right, because them white people don't want to have to pay those taxes. So I get why they're doing what they're doing. That's that's right. white people don't want to pay taxes. They don't want to pay taxes. If the black people are going to go vote or not, I'm just, anyway, okay. You know, but that's that's what the white people do. They'll, they'll tell you stuff like that, and then they'll, 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 they'll hope that the black folks won't get out and vote. But, um... I think what Stacey Abrams said, Jay, I said this before on the show, 
I think that she can pull it off. I, you know, I think the sister is on point with what she's doing. And, I, you know, the report that I'm reading is that the Asian vote in, in, in Georgia, <laughs> people, are, people are discounting them, and they're coming out in droves and voting. So not only the not only the black vote can help you win, but the Asian vote can help you win too. So um, I I think they got a pretty good shot. I've said this from the beginning. I think they got a real good shot at winning Georgia. But if they lose, I wouldn't be surprised because of you know if I was Joe Biden, if I was Joe Biden, I would be I would be oh I would I would have I would have a ground game in um, Georgia. I would definitely have a ground game in Georgia, and I would be in Georgia, you know, every chance I got, every time I got a chance to be in Georgia, if I was Joe Biden. Because well, if right you don't now, get, Joe Biden the, if you don't get, I get it, Vanessa. But if he don't get, if he don't, if he don't get the Senate, fighting the COVID ain't gonna be his only only worst enemy. You know, his worst enemy is gonna be That's Mitch true. McConnell, because he got Mitch McConnell to deal with, and who's who's an obstruction. This cat don't care what he can do, how he can do it to block somebody. He don't give a damn about the American people. Hell, you know, they're, they're putting more judges through, but they won't pass the coronavirus uh, relief package. But they, uh, they're so, putting more judges through. So, Les, you're pretty much saying what I just said, which is, I don't think that they're going to get both. You're saying, you, you're jumbling around no, it, but you're I, saying exactly the same thing. I no, just I, think, I think they're going to take both of them, but that's, that's just my opinion. Okay, you know? so you are you do think they're gonna win it? Okay. Yeah, I think they're gonna win it. You know, we gonna come back and see at the end like we did for this surprised. election if I was wrong or not. Okay. Jerome, I have a different question for you. Uh, my question for you is: Is this really? A blessing in disguise. What I mean by that is the fact that they had this runoff. This gives uh, people to another month or so to see how corrupt the Republican Party is, and how some of the things that are coming out against these senators about how they have used their power to get stock tips to line their pockets. Do you think this gives voters a longer look at these two characters? And allow everyone in the Democratic Party, you know, Stacey Abrams leading the way, to really shine a light on this and get more people to come out to make sure that we take those seats? Or do you think that the opportunity was missed on Election Day? Um, well, I, I don't think that um, – I don't think it was a missed opportunity. Um, you have to remember okay. why they um, started doing runoffs to begin with. The runoff started because of again, it's a. They found that if they have, uh, if nobody's over fifty percent, they have another runoff, right? And they did that because it disadvantaged black folks from, you know, it, the whole thing about voter suppression in Georgia has a really good historic reference. But they figure if you okay. can't get them out, come out the vote. If you can't get them to come out the vote the first time, getting them to come out again is going to be more difficult, right? So it actually advantaged. White folks, like if you had too many people on the ballot and you had one black person and they got 45%, if you do a runoff, your numbers are that if you put all the white folks on one side and the black people on the other, then the white person wouldn't actually win. They did that on purpose. So the thing that I I think on on this is that um, Georgia, I think, has something like 70 
uh, I forgot how many thousands of absentee or, or mail-in ballots that they received, like the first day that they had to send them out. They're doing such a good job of getting people um, their ballots already that the advantage is going to sit on the Democratic side. It's going to be just like on, on Election Day when everybody was worried about Joe Biden winning. What happened is that you have to wait for those ballots to come in to start counting the Democrats because the Democrats are mailing in their ballots. And remarkably enough, those guys who stood out in line for three and four hours, shout out to all those folks. They were committed. And I don't think that they're any less committed now just because of what's going on. So with the investigations of both of them, they have both have ethics investigations in the Senate going on right now. And that's not going to make a bit of difference to the white folks who voted for them in Georgia, right? Because, again, if we look at it, 57% of all white people voted for Donald Trump. It doesn't matter if they're unethical or immoral and all of the other stuff. For the, for the people who have common sense, it's going to matter to them. So I'm not saying that it's going to be all white folks, but I'm saying the, the other 40% of white folks, if they stay committed and go vote Democrat, then technically the overwhelming number of the, the um, minority folks, regardless on what ethnicity they are, is going to put them over the top. And I don't think you're going to split a ticket. I don't think people, people don't normally vote like that. They do when you can vote for multiple people. They split tickets. But when it's like a one-on-one, either both of them are going to win or both of them are going to lose. You know what I mean? So both parties, that's usually how that works itself out um, historically. So I wouldn't I wouldn't listen to, I mean, I know, every, you know, it, it is what you see on TV from the financial channel and, and, um, and all of those guys saying that the, they prefer having a, um, having a split in the parties. But you have to remember, the Republican Party has always put us in debt, right? Whether it was Reagan, whether it was, they always spent yeah. any surplus that we had. So the financial markets mm. don't really respond to white people putting us in debt. They're afraid of Democrats balancing out the scales. So that has a little bit more to do with their fear because the market is not a good measure of their economy, and it's an emotional response. So right. I wouldn't listen to none of them fools on, on, on why we should or should not do anything because every time we've gotten surpluses is when the Democrats have had control of the House and the Senate and all that other stuff. So the markets didn't really respond to that. Just like everybody always, and I know I say this a lot on the show, is that I enjoy watching people spend because that's it's what they do. So mm-hmm. when the market hit over thirty thousand, it was because Joe Biden was showing how many stable people he was put he was putting up as his cabinet position. So the markets respond to the stability. But what they heard since Trump was out there and other people were out there, they was like, Oh, the markets are confident that we're going to have divided government. No, they're not. This is white folks we're talking about. And again, we need to talk about pathology and why people are scared and why that drives people out to vote. The bigger picture is is that they're running through their emotion of of um, of of um, 
of what they believe it is opposed to what it is. So I I okay. watch that sport. Opposed, I, I'm saying all that to say that I watch it for sport for that one reason is because whatever they're pretty much trying to convince you to believe that it is, it probably isn't. You got to remember how white supremacy and and um, and oppression works. So it always has to be about them, right? It's about turning the table around so that people who have power still keeps power. So they want divided government to stabilize the markets. The markets ain't never been stable with divided government. They always complain about Do remember, about Jerome, that you got young people that voted for Trump in the first place because they felt like their 401k, their stock, their whatever was going to get that's bigger. Fine. That's, that's fine, but more than three... Almost, almost um, two thirds of all vote, all young people voted for Biden, though. Yeah, but nineteen percent right? black men voted for, for Trump. That's yeah, a lot of black people that you can start talking to. Yeah, but that that number does not matter. You know, I, I had this okay. conversation, and I'll give it to you in a sports a sports analogy. Years ago, there was this there was this basketball team called Loyola Marymount. Them fools would score like 120, 140 points a game. Right now, they were playing teams that weren't used to scoring over 70. But when they played Loyola Marymount, they scored like 90 and 100 points. But you know what? They still lost. Loyola Marymount was scoring because to score that many points, you have to let the other team score more points too. Right. So when you look at the black folks generally, and you say, hey, there's 19% that voted for him. Overwhelmingly, black people weren't supporting Trump. So when, when Republicans go, well, this many people, black people voted for Trump, it's like, so? Like, he's still not going to win at that number. We can't control all the black people, and we should never try to. It's not our business and why they chose to vote for him either. Because you have to remember that black folks are, are, are oppressed like everybody else. And so we get sidetracked with economy. Who cares about the economy like that when all of us are going to starve and all of us going to die because of a damn pandemic. Why do we care? <laughs> right? So we start, you know, people are dying, leaving really nice 401ks to their kids. Like, like people are really hurting. So we have yeah, to actually, you, you know, and, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'll talk to Jay. I'll talk to you about this offline. But a friend of mine, um, one of the um, Native American chiefs um, in this area, I had a conversation with him last week, and he gave me, you know, just kind of a historical context of why they need to teach their children, like black folks need to teach their children, a little bit more history. Because we're losing this by actually taking on the European argument of the economy and not even caring about seven generations of us actually being on this doggone planet. (laughs) You know, and it's stupid. It's, It's really a dumb argument. But that's always their argument to steal people's stuff. It'll make more money. We'll have more jobs. So I'm going to take all your farmland. Right? It's what they did in Haiti. Um, the Clinton Foundation and all those guys, when they convinced the farmers or the people to give up their family land and said, oh, you'll still be able to work your land. And then once they got a hold of their land, they started trying to build, like, Marriott's and resorts and stuff on these, on these black folks' land. Kicked them out. We always fall for the same deception of white folks, and it cannot be built around the economy, right? That is a bad way to live, and we need to kind of see past this stuff. So 
So I, I say all that to say that we, um, as we look at doing analysis on stuff, we do take their perspective because that's the only thing that's on TV and those are the only people who are giving perspective. But we need to see through this. We have to kind of be smarter. I don't think that the Georgia election, if you paraphrase it the same way as you did all other elections, and what I mean by that is if you use the same dynamic, black people aren't going to come out to vote, white folks normally go out to vote, Republicans normally go out to vote, yes. In that sense, the news is telling you right up front that Georgia is going to be Republican. I'm glad Stacey Abrams and those guys on the ground know better than that. All white folks aren't crazy, right? Being racist is stupid for anybody. Like, if you just get common sense into your conversation, people can hear you very differently. So I think that they are going to move people a little bit differently in Georgia, but the Republicans only have one playbook, and that playbook is fear. Don't let them do this because they have control. Who knows what they're going to do? Your Obamacare we're not going to be able to get rid of Obamacare. And it's like, yeah, we're in a pandemic and you don't want people to have insurance. Right? So we need to see what the cost of that is going to be when nobody has insurance and we have um, a vaccine that's going to cost where you're going to need two shots. But let's say that vaccine costs $50 each. Right? And you're going to ask poor people to cough up $100 just to get vaccinated? It ain't going to happen. We're in a pandemic. It's an emergency. So why are you thinking about finances? Because if we're not here to work, then technically the whole financial system is going to crumble anyway. Well, said 347-850-1272 is the calling number you listen to this serious side of the Jay Rowell Show. All right, folks, listen, we're going to step out and take a break. Uh, wow, what a good discussion. And I hope, you know, look, uh, so real quick, we know where you are, Vanessa. We know where you are, Jerome. We know where you are, Vestelius. I am going to say, so we can come back and play this tape later on, I, I don't I don't see how we win Georgia. I, I, you know, I think one, maybe one candidate will win. I, I, I just don't see how. If people are not paying attention, I just don't see how it can happen. But, look, I hope I'm wrong. But there it is, folks. Well, we can come back and hold our feet to the fire if and when it happens. I, People need to people need right. to donate to the campaign, man. And if they there you go, there you the go. Campaign, yeah, get get involved. You know, I've donated. Send money. In. I get involved. I've I've, I've sent money into Warnock, uh, Raphael Warnock, and John Arsoff. I I've sent my money in already. If you don't get out and vote, because if you don't get out and vote, you know, you let Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell's gonna keep doing what he's doing. He's gonna keep putting his foot in your ass, and that's just what he does. And he does it, and he laughs about it as he's doing it. This is this is I, I oh. can't understand it. <laughs> If Democrats make the argument, they'll win. That's all I have yeah. to say about yeah. that. If they make the argument, they will win. <clears throat> Nothing's no. a done deal, but it, it is. Double. They have to make the argument and they have to play it smart. And if they do what they have yeah. been doing in the past, they will win. I'm not saying that they can't lose. So nothing's absolute that way. But we have yeah. to know that there's work to be done. Yeah, yeah I got yeah. a lot of faith in space. We gotta go. All right, all right, all right, folks. All right, we'll talk about this more later on, but coming up next uh, is a break, and we'll, we'll check with you on the other side. It's the serious side. It's a beautiful Sunday. We'll talk to you in a minute. Keep it right here.
In his first question and answer session since the election, Mr. Trump repeated his claims based on no evidence that he was cheated out of a second term. But he also said if Joe Biden wins the Electoral College vote next month, as expected, he will go along with it. So President Trump says it would be a mistake for the Electoral College to certify the election for Joe Biden. He also says Biden should not yet be forming a cabinet. All of this despite the fact that the Trump administration itself has already begun the transition to the president-elect. Where we put this country back on track, and not just because Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have a chance to win Georgia, but you've got the chance to flip two Senate seats. I said, well, I got to go. I got to come. I told Michelle, I'm sorry, baby. I got to go to Georgia. This is a big deal. You have two extraordinary candidates in John and the Reverend who deserve your vote. And let's face it, you've also got two senators who badly need to be replaced. Welcome back, 347-850-1272. If you're just tuning in, that's what you've missed so far. But don't worry, we have plenty to talk about. But as always, let's say good morning to our panelists. Let's say good morning to my big sis, Vanessa Maybell. Good morning, Vanessa. How are you? Good morning, Jerry. Good morning, everybody. Hope y'all had a great holiday. Yeah, same to you, same to you. My main man, Jerome's in the house. Good morning, man. How are you? Hey, good morning. I'm good. And I just want to say, put your money where your mouth is for the people in Georgia. Send them some money. <laughs> Make sure that they win. There you go. There you great. Go. You know, everybody uh, really uh, c- c- contributed to our made contributions to uh, Jamie uh, Harrison in South Carolina. So come on, let's let's do the same thing in Georgia. Let's make it happen. And the man that gets the first and last word here on the serious side, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S in the house. What's up, man? Good morning. How are you? <laughs> I'm well. Good morning, sir. And good morning, Vanessa. Good morning, Kathleen. Good morning, Mariana Music. My brother Jerome, always a hearty good morning. And also, Hulk, stay out there and stay safe. And uh, Mariana Music, that was my theme by Alex Isley. Yeah, I like that. That's nice. All right, Mr. Ellis, can we say hello to some people in the chat room if you don't mind, sir? Uh, yeah, we got, uh, of course, good morning with Sister. Momo B is on the line with us. Good morning, Momo B. Hey, Momo. Uh, Anon is in there, and uh, Bobo Bright is in there with us. Ah, Kavina, what's up, man? I know you in the mix somewhere, brother, as always. And, uh, you know, uh, we haven't seen Easy. Maybe I should reach out to Easy and say, hey, man, we miss you. <laughs> Come on. Back nah, I don't miss him. Why would I miss somebody like that? I don't miss him. No, man, that I just, I just want him to hear all on. this glee and Be joy. Don't miss Let me say good morning to some people out there on social media. Uh, pastors in the house, as always. Uh, we have quite a few people in here. Um, Rebecca Bryan, uh, Kelly, Kevin, Josephine, that's a very distinguished name. Uh, Reynali, I'm sorry if I messed that up. <laughs> I can't say that name. How you doing? <laughs> and uh, so many others. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. Like uh, Mr. Elias mentioned, you know, Johnny D's not in this morning. Hopefully he can pop in for this last topic because I really wanted to get his perspective on that. And, of course, Miss Kathleen Williams is on uh She's on, uh, you know, special assignment, but uh, we can't wait until she's back into the fold with us. I can't wait to get Kathleen. Huh? 
Oh, don't, don't, what? don't wish no more. Don't wish no more. Come on, Wait a now. minute. You're trying to tell me, man, there is a God in heaven. You're trying to tell yes, me that is. Jesus has yes, blessed us with this beautiful woman coming in here to uh, just just give us a dash of what we've been missing. Are you trying to tell me this, Mr. Elias? Don't play with my emotions. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't hear her, so mm-hmm. if she's here, where is she, Mr. Elias? You playing. All right, that's true. Okay, I guess I am. <laughs> okay. Wow. Right, well, Raise the hand. You know, oh wow! So <laughs> Kathleen was here. Oh, okay. All right. Wow, that's a beautiful thing. I'm All here. Right. Oh, there she is. Lord <laughs> have mercy. <laughs> there is a God somewhere. What's going on, Kathleen? Good morning. Welcome in. How are Good you? Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Hey, how you doing, Jenny? So happy, happy post Thanksgiving if you celebrated it. God bless you all. I hope you had a wonderful day off anyway. Absolutely. So, did you have a good Thanksgiving? I did. It was very quiet. Um, I had an opportunity to hang out with my son and daughter in love. We went, and 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 of course, with Nala, uh, the dog. We went out to the park. Um, we went oh. out, and that's what we did. We went for a walk, and there were so many people out in the park. You know, it wasn't so crowded that you couldn't social distance or anything. And there was a right. family having Thanksgiving dinner out there. Um, oh, so wow. it, was, it was very interesting. It's my first time spending a Thanksgiving in the, uh, in the park. But it was a blessing because, you know, we could not hang out with each other. Um, at, you know, in houses is what I mean. Um, yeah. In my workplace, there are uh, several people that have tested positive for the virus just in this past week. And wow. It's, um, wow. Yeah, it's become very nerve-wracking. So from going uh, in often, I only go in a couple days a week now, two days a week, and that might even go down. So it's well, been a challenge, you know, to make sure that everybody stays safe and continues to take this virus seriously. Because I think the more, even though we see the numbers going up and we hear about the hospitalizations going up on Staten Island right now, there, I, I don't, did you talk about this already? No. Oh, okay. On Staten Island right now, the hospitals have tents outside. Uh, we're moving right back into where we were in um, April and May in in, uh, in the borough of Staten Island in particular. And in New York City, I saw this morning our infection rate is approaching, I think it's 2.81% or something, and at 3% is where they're starting to talk about uh, shutting down more. So our schools are closed again right now. Um, we've gone back into really limiting bars and uh, restaurants as far as how at least they can stay open. Um, you know, houses of worship have those that did open are now closing back up again. So it's a very serious thing, and and people are getting a little less. And because they're sick of this, it's like enough already. <laughs> you know, folks are yeah. sick of this, but it is not over. So I just, you know, I really encourage everybody, if you're not wearing a mask, because I understand still places in Florida and other folks around, other states around the country, masking is not required. 
but it is essential because if we would wear masks alone, that would reduce the amount of infections and the spread of this virus um, for right now. So it's masking and social distancing. If you have to go to work, keep that mask on. Um, take it off just to eat and drink if you are in the immediate space of other people uh, to protect your family and to protect yourself. I promise you, this is not something that you want to deal with. It's not something where you want to say, well, let me just get it and get it over with. That's not the situation here. Because if you survive it, somebody in your family might not. I lost two family members to this virus. I had it myself. And it is not something to play with. So I pray for all of you. I pray that we, you know, we will continue to stay safe. I thank God for everybody on this call. We get through the faith. Not a joke. You know, take it seriously, folks, and, and really protect yourselves and protect your families. Well, those are words from the one and only Miss Kathleen Williams. Thank you so much. 22 minutes after the hour. And I know folks real late, but we're going to get into this topic. Here it is. I suppose the obvious question is, we did that back in January. Has your position changed at all after that? Because it raised a lot of headlines, a lot of controversy. Since then, more states have endorsed same-sex marriage. It's becoming much less of a prohibitive kind of issue than it used to be. What's your view now? You know, Piers, it really never changes because mine was, mine's based out of the Scripture. That's what I believe that the Scripture says, that, that homosexuality is a sin. So, it, you know, I believed it before and I still believe it now. Again, I would just reiterate what I said. I'm not after, I'm not mad at anybody. I don't dislike anybody. But, you know, you know respecting my faith and believing, you know, in, in what the Scripture says, that's the best way I can interpret it. But, I mean, shouldn't the scripture be dragged kicking and screaming into the modern age? I mean, we were talking before the break about the issue about eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Not everything in the scriptures, really, is, in my view, conducive to modern life. I mean, like everything else, doesn't it have to move with the times? And isn't it down again to people like you to interpret it in a way that evolves? When I mean, you're, you're known as a very progressive preacher. Sure. Well, we want to be progressive, but some, sometimes I just, when I read it, I can't see how you would change that, just like you wouldn't, you know, change some other main things, you know, in the Scripture. I just, I don't see how that, you know, if you don't have a basis of truth, and that's what I base mine off of, the Scripture, everybody else does it, and I don't fault them if they don't. But this is just the way I choose to, to live my life and, and what I teach based out of the Scripture. So I don't think, you know, I think, you know, personally, 200 years from now, the Scripture is still going to say that. It's a topic that, uh, I mean, a lot of people have actually uh, kind of texted me on this already, and I can't, I'm not going to be able to read them all, uh, but uh, people have an opinion on this uh, when it comes to gay marriage and uh, Christianity. And uh, So let me just do this. Let me just throw it out there, and whoever wants to jump on it first, no questions. Just give me your thoughts on it, because I think the question uh, we have on the show page simply says, as a Christian, should you support Gay marriage. If you're a true, if you know, if you're a Christian, do, do, do you uh, do you support it? And you know, it's out there. So whoever wants to take it, take it. Don't everybody speak at the same time? <laughs> Three, four, seven, eight, five, one, two, seven, two. All right, I have to pick some. All right, Jerome. You know what you got, brother? What do you think? I mean, you know, is it something that when you think about this? Um, 
you know, I remember when President Obama supported gay marriage, and I remember watching a TV show, and there were a lot of black pastors up there. Man, they were giving President Obama the business. They were saying that you should not support this because this is not what the Bible says. And so, you know, you know, we, we kind of straddle the line. You know, some of us, some of us, you know, we, 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 uh, we're Christians. We go to church and we do those types of things. But, you know, I'm pretty sure, you know, some of us have gay friends. So, 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 what? How do you feel about this, man? And if you don't want to comment, that's fine. We can move to someone else. I know you. You just gave me an out, Jade. Isn't that funny? But I was gonna take it anyway. I'm out. Okay. <laughs> Someone All right. I'll take well, it. Well, I knew it. Okay, go ahead, and take it. My brother was gay. He was bisexual. I said this when we had the Wednesday show. He was also married. He was bisexual. He has a son, okay. my nephew. My brother passed away with the HIV soon as it came out. You know, so my brother worked diligently in church. People at church loved him and his partner. My brother, his partner, and his wife were all really good friends because she understood. I don't have a problem with gays. Period, because my brother helped raise me. I believe, I do not necessarily believe in gay marriage. That is me. But I do believe that if that's what they want to do, that's between them and their God and what they have to go to God for and about with their marriage. But, but, but when that's you say what, their God. But but in, it's our God too, right? I mean, it's so when you say they're God, when you go to God, Jay, and you talk to God about whatever's going on in your life, I talk to God about whatever's going on in my life. So they go to God, and when I say they're God, they might not be Christian. They might be I don't know something else. I don't know. I'm just saying when they go to their higher being, whoever it may be. So it's, but okay, and but here's the question though, because. Yeah, okay, but, 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 but okay, that's right. Okay. Okay, that's well, right. So that's, I'm God. with you on that. But, but listen, hear that's me out. What I'm saying, I, I hear you, Vanessa. I understand, and that's between them and their God. I got that. But as as, as Christians, I mean, if you, I mean, if you read some of some of the things I've read in the Bible, I mean, this is just a straight up sin. So. Okay, I just said. And I'm getting ready for church now. That's why I'm hesitating on talking. I just said, I don't have a problem with a gay life. But I said, I do have a problem with gay marriage. So I answered it. I do have a well, problem can you, with gay marriage. That don't make sense, when though. when I stood up and I said my vows 38 years ago to the same man, I just don't think it's the same when it's two men or when it's two women. I am sure there are some people from my job that's going to go back and listen to my old job, that's going to go back and listen to what I'm saying. But I'm just telling you what I really feel. And I feel that I don't think it's right. I don't think that, that that's what God wants. But if that's what they do, that's just what they do. But I don't think, Vanessa, just, I don't think it's the same. But everybody has to answer to God for whatever it is that we're doing that God doesn't like. So their sin is no different 
that a sin that yeah, I have committed right. in the Ten Commandments or a sin that one of y'all have committed in the Ten Commandments because everybody sins. There's no perfect mm-hmm. person but Jesus. Now, I, I heard the preacher. Out. I heard the preacher, uh, um, Mr. Elias, uh, what's for you? That's why I go to church on Sunday. Look, 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 man, this is, this is my opinion. If that, you love who you love, and, hey, man, if that's, that's who you want to marry, God bless you. You know, I'm not judging nobody. I got to judge myself. You know, that's right. I, and the Bible, the Bible also tells us, least not be judged not. So I'm not judging nobody. So if that's if that's but I don't think it's a situation do, where you're being judged. You're judging anybody, Miss Elliot. Yes, you are judging somebody. I mean, you are judging because you're judging their lifestyle. You're judging their lifestyle. What, what if you? What, okay, okay, fine. You married. What if you were married and you're an adulterer? Is that any different? You still cheating? Are you cheating on your wife? You're sin. No one sin is greater one than the other. One sin is no different. There's no great. No okay, I hear where you go with that. I hear where you go with that. So you say, well, why? Why? Yeah. Go why, why, why? Why are we talking about all other sins like the adultery, or or the the the, 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 the you know the different things that go on in life as far as sin go? You know, look, man, if that if that's who you love and that's who you want to be with, who am I to judge you? I'm not God. God is the only person that can judge you. God is the only person that can judge you. But as but hold up, but as Christians, isn't it supposed to, if you are a Christian and if you believe in the word of God and if you're in church and you know, you 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 know, saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost, isn't it also yeah. your responsibility to try to bring souls to God and, and, and how can you do you that? You, and you don't win souls huh? to God by, by criticizing. Do you win souls to God by saying you 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 you're wrong for doing this shit? That's what Christians go wrong. You love that person. You try to bring them in. How did Jesus win souls to God? He loved them. He didn't criticize them. He didn't say, oh, you're wrong for being gay. He loved them. He didn't criticize people. That's what we're going wrong. Just like you said last week about the Trump supporters. You got you to gotta bring them in by showing them different ways. Well, you, hey, man, look, I got cousins. What? I got a nephew who's gay. You know, I got cousins and I got nephews. I got family and who's what you gay. said last week. What? Yeah, you got you got you got to try and bring the Trump supporters in. No, you, and I was arguing against you. Say but that. hey, look, man. Okay, look, man. If you're gonna love yeah. somebody, you're gonna love somebody. I, I'm not gonna judge who you love, because I know some people I loved in my lifetime. My family is like, why are you with her? And I can tell you why I was with her, but I can't tell you on the radio. And you know why. <laughs> but the bottom line is. The fact that I can't judge you for who you love. If you love that person, God bless you. God bless you. You got to deal with that. You got to answer to your God. I don't have to answer to your God. You have to answer to him. So I'm not judging you. I'm not telling you how you should live your life. God bless you. Well, That's all I'm going to say. Let's bring in uh, Jackie. Jackie's uh, in the queue. Uh, good morning, Jackie. Welcome into the Serious Side, sweetie. How are you? <clears throat> Good morning, doing Jackie. well. How's everybody doing? I don't know. It depends. Well, it's, it's getting getting pretty pretty uh you know <laughs> around here. So, what say you in regards to this? 
I want to hear what Miss Kathleen has to say about that because she's a preacher. Remember, I want to know what she got to say about that. Well, but I threw it out. See, well, let me just say this before, and I'm just going to give it back to you. But this is what I. This is the reason why I threw it out there. I know Kathleen is. We talk about her on special assignment, so you know there's things Kathleen can and cannot say. So that's why I threw it out there. Kathleen didn't take it, so apparently she doesn't want to respond to it. That that that's. Oh, okay. Amen. 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 All right. Uh, so, Jackie, uh, what say you in regards to this? Yeah, I believe, you know, because uh, the Bible is uh, clear. It don't stutter about what it says about gay marriage, but you can love the person. You can love the person. God wants us to love all people. But we don't encourage anything that goes against the Bible and what it says. I can love the person all day long, care about them, but I can't be supportive of the lifestyle. That's a good reason why I stopped being uh, a Democrat, because they believe in gay marriage. And a couple other things that I just wasn't down for anymore. You so stop I stopped being a Democrat. Oh. Yeah, I'm 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 nonpartisan, and that's part of the reason why. But just because it's stuff that Democrats support that I just can't be down with, you know. And but you can love the person. God calls us to love everybody. You approach situations in love. You can love the person, but not be supportive of the sin. Because a sin is a sin is a sin is a sin is a sin. There's no big sins, no little sins. But that's what Mr. Elias is saying, uh, Jackie. So he's saying, why are we making a big difference out of... Yeah, but wait a minute. But but Mr. Elias is saying the same thing. Why are we making a big deal out of this when people lie, steal, cheat? I mean, what's the difference? Why aren't, you know, uh, the the black, uh, you know, Christian community not, you know, coming out and condemning those types of things? I mean, why are they not very strong about that? Uh, Why is it when it comes to, you know, gay marriage and, you know, and just homosexuality in general that it just seems that it's on a different platform? Because I remember that, that press conference Distinctly, I'm like, man, these guys are really giving President Obama the business. But according to what everyone's saying, the sin is the sin is the sin. What difference does it make? You're sin, you're sin. You still got to pay for it when you get to the pearly gate, right? Jackie? But, but, but I don't understand. What do you mean by they're not dealing with... <laughs> See, I, I what don't I'm saying is, well, let me, let me, okay. let me say this. Go ahead, Mr. Ellis. Sounds like you, you got an answer for it. What, what, what about the pastors that are having these extramarital affairs? What's the first thing? I knew you were going there. Said? I knew it. What, what, they, what, what, what do they say? They say, oh, he's a man. You got to remember, he's a man. But they ain't, they ain't condemning him like they do everybody else. They give him another. He keep on preaching in church. They keep on preaching right in church. They're not. They're no one sin is greater than the other, Jackie. That's all I'm saying. If you are sinning, you're sinning. God didn't say, okay, homosexuality, I'm going to get out of 10, but extramarital affairs, I'm going to give it a 5. Come on, now. Yeah, I'm not down for that either, uh, Mr. Elias. Okay. I'm 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 not down for that. that. 
That's why you need to examine yourself. No, we'll we'll forgive we'll forgive pastors that are doing that. We'll give give more than that. A lot of people do. A lot of people do. A lot of people will forgive him. Well, that he's all just as wrong. It's wrong. He's just as wrong. And then he should be. He should be he's supposed to be a man right? of God. He's just as wrong. Yeah, you're right. There's some people that do, but no, that's somebody yeah, that don't. needs to be sat down. They don't. How, how come they don't take them out of their churches then, Jackie? That's when they you have to take your eyes off man church. and put it on the Lord. That's what y'all Thank need. You. And they, they should, yeah. Mr. Elias. They should. They, they should. Know. Why, they don't. why don't they? Let that pastor be a homosexual. They found out he's a homosexual. They're going to get him right on out. Bisexual, remember, Jay? Say what now? Mm-hmm. Remember my pastor at the church I used to go to was bisexual? It was all over the I news. did not know that. <laughs> I did not know that. Yes, you but did. okay. No, I did not. Yes, you did. I knew he was doing some cricket stuff. Okay. Well, I knew he was doing some cricket yes, stuff, yes. but I didn't know he was. <laughs> I didn't know that either. Wow. Does he still have a church? Yes, my pastor and your pastor were best friends. What are you talking hold about? Hold on. Wait a minute. No, 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 no. Hold on. Hold on. Stop that. My pastor and Bishop Isaiah West, they ain't best friends. Stop it. You stop that no, nonsense. No, no. You went to the church without walls. No, that was a long I don't time ago. It was a 20th century ago. My Pregnant 
No, it happened right there at George Floyd's church, which is three streets over from me. Come on now. Wow. Wow. All right. Uh, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. That's that's crazy. I mean, yeah. So so I think when we look at it from that perspective, I think you're absolutely correct. I think when you, it's amazing though when you talk about this because you know when you think about how folks look at you know Christianity when it comes to gay marriage and you know and all this other stuff. I just thought that it was just. There's some hypocriticalness, if that's a word that's going on here, with how people condemn, um, but at the same time, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just crazy, you know, I, I don't know, it's just, I'm like most of you all, I guess, you know, you do your thing, you know, you have to answer to God, and uh, when it's that time, like we all do, you know, we all have to answer to the, to the man. And uh, when it gets to that point, you know, at that time, you need to, hey, there it is. You, you know what you have to do. So, so it's I'm interesting. A, I'm, a, I'm, a little, I'm a little nervous when I got to answer. I know that much. All the stuff I've done in my lifetime, oh, I'm nervous. I'm nervous as all that now. I'm going to go some stuff. I know some messed up stuff. You know, it's what it is, though. You know, I'm not perfect, and I know I'm not perfect. Mm-hmm. You know? That's why I ain't trying to judge nobody. I think what it, yeah, that's it, why it's just, like I said, examine yourself. And definitely, if you're going to commit to being a man or a woman of God, you know, that calls for a certain standard of living. Hmm. And if, you know, you can't put mustard, then you need to <laughs> not go there in the first place. That's a good point. I heard Kathleen. I want to ask. I'm going to ask Kathleen to give us some prayer before we get out of this segment because I think we need it. But go ahead, Kathleen. I heard you trying to get in here. We need it. No, we oh, need it. man. Well, the, what I wanted to say was that um, not about this particular topic, but just to point out right. something that I always found interesting, which was yes. that um, the split that you may see. With the with regards to who votes Republican and who votes Democrat is often based on this very topic, um, uh, gay marriage and abortion, and right. the rest of the issues that uh, face the public and are the, that the candidates are dealing with. And I believe that the current man in the White House, the votes that a lot of the votes that he did get are because evangelists stand hard and fast on the, well, not evangelists, Christians, whatever, people who believe that way, believe that the only thing that matters, uh, if you are coming on the other side of that, then we're voting against you. Oftentimes, you know, I think with the Republicans and evangelists, there's other issues around that because we have also white supremacy. We have also money issues and all of this other stuff that I believe they thought were their um, interests were being advanced by this current, the present. Right. It's important for us to just contemplate that as a community because there are a lot of um, African-Americans, people of color. Uh, We saw, you know, maybe with Latinos and so on and so forth that really think about 
abortion, and they think about you know, especially in, in the Catholic faith and Catholic Catholic faith and other Christian faiths, they are hard fast on abortion, hard fast on gay marriage, and that's where we saw a lot of people come against President Obama when he um, uh, allowed for um, presented that you know uh, gay people could get married and then receive the benefits of a marriage married couple which was a lot of why gay marriage became such a ma- major issue because people who were gay and living together and um, experiencing life as a family could not get the benefits of same. So they couldn't, you couldn't insure your partner in some states. You couldn't, um, you know, you, as far as your life insurance, excuse me, your health insurance, uh, a lot of corporations wouldn't allow a gay person to insure their partner if if it was a gay relationship. Um, All kinds of things that they could not do as legally as a couple that were denied them because they were gay. And so when President Obama said, nah, that's not right, then, you know, people of Christian faith were saying, hey, that, you know, you're not following the Bible, you're not this, you're not that, they shouldn't get these benefits. So I I think that when we start talking about what percentage of black people voted Republican or what percentage of black men, blah, 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 we don't remember that a lot of times the hard lines are drawn because of those issues. And it's something as a community of black people that we have to think about and talk about. And this is a very difficult topic to um, present in the black community, just like, you know, gay period, um, gay lifestyles and homosexuality is not something that black communities openly discuss. Um, You know, it's not something that they're going to bring up around the, the Thanksgiving table oftentimes. You know, it's not as bad as it used to be, but this was a very hush hush conversation in the black community. So I just wanted to bring that up because we don't know when they say 19% of black men voted for Donald Trump. I don't I don't know that many of those men. I don't know who they are. They didn't they admit it to me. So I don't know whether it's 19% of 20 guys that they <laughs> surveyed or polled. I don't know. Uh, Jerome is the one that always tells us that you can't poll black people. We don't tell you what we really think. I'm not really yeah. sure, but we do have a significant. I know Jay. I'm talking a lot. I'm sorry, but no, 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 no. There is a significant percentage of the black community that is gay so you know it's 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 important for us to have these conversations we have to talk about it um and and the black community also is very strong in faith and if we start trying to draw lines about how we vote what we think who we will relate to who we won't what we support based on, you know, these hard and fast lines, it's difficult for us to have conversations and to understand and to embrace one another and also to see wider pictures because there's no way, I don't think, well, anyway, going too far, I won't say that. Thank you, and I will close right now. All right, all right. Well, um, if you don't mind, if you can give us a, give us about a minute or so in prayer, because we definitely um, want to make sure that I want we need some prayer. So, Kathleen, I'm gonna give it back to you. Give us a little bit of prayer this morning before we get into this final segment of the show. 
Oh, Father God, we just come before you this morning as a community of people concerned about the situations in the world, Lord God. We thank you, Lord, that you are still on the throne, that you always are on the throne. We thank you, Lord God, that you sit high and look low, Lord God. We thank you that you know all of our hearts, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. We thank you for protecting us, Lord God, through this COVID-19 era. We thank you, Lord God, that you knew that this would happen even before the beginning of time. And so, Lord, you also know what is going to happen after this period, this immediate period of chaos in the world. But, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, just as you are the beginning, you are the end of our faith, Lord God. You are Alpha and you are Omega, Lord God. You are the author and the finisher of our faith, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. And because that, we glorify you. Because of that, we celebrate you. Because of that, Lord God, we give you our love. We give you the glory. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. And we give you all the praise. So, Father, Lord God, as we worship you in this moment, Lord God, we hope that our worship will be a sweet-smelling savor unto you, Lord God, that you would be blessed by the fact that we lift up the name of the Lord on this radio broadcast without shame, Lord God, and without, without fear of repercussion, Lord God. We praise you and we glorify you and we honor you. And, Lord God, as the discussions that come up, Lord God, that are difficult and complicated and that people are, don't want to even step out on, Lord God. We ask, Father, that you would speak to each and every one of our hearts, Lord, and let us know what thus says the Lord. Yes, we know what's in your word, Lord God, but we also know that there is a Holy Spirit that speaks to our hearts that will comfort us in the places that we abide. So, Father God, in Jesus' name, I plead the blood of Jesus Jesus over the airwaves, Lord God, over each and every person listening, Father, in the name of Jesus, and that if they don't know you, that they would seek you out right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you that the Holy Spirit will bring comfort to each and every family listening, comfort to everyone who is dealing with COVID-19 right now, comfort to the healthcare workers and the essential workers that have to go out each and every day and face this virus head on, Lord God. We thank you, Father, for bringing us through this period and through this time because we know that you did not bring us this far to leave us. So in the name of Jesus, in the name of Christ, the only true and living God, we give you the glory, we give you the praise, and we give you our gratitude and our thanks for being our God, for protecting us in our families, and for bringing us through. And Lord God, we will not be amiss to not say thank you, hallelujah, thank you, Lord. praise you, and continue to keep us, Lord God, in your perfect will. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. And let the church amen. 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 We'll be right back after this. Oh my 
This message comes from NPR sponsor, Bank of America. We're all shopping for essentials online these days. With the Bank of America Cash Rewards Credit Card, you can choose to earn 3% cash back on online shopping essentials. Visit bankofamerica.com slash more rewarding. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Afghan officials say at least 30 Afghan soldiers were killed and several more were injured in eastern Ghazni province when an attacker drove a military Humvee full of explosives onto an army commando base before detonating the car bomb. There were no immediate claims of responsibility for the attack. Canadian researchers are calling for permanent protection for the country's last ice area in the high Arctic. As Dan Karpinchuk reports, the area has the thickest and oldest ice in the region. In Inuit, the region is called Tuvajuatuk, the place where ice never melts. 123,000 square miles of frozen ocean off the northern coast of Ellesmere Island. The area is protected until 2024, but researchers like Derek Mueller at Ottawa's Carleton University say the Arctic is warming so fast the region needs to be permanently protected. In July, 40% of the nearby milled ice shelf collapsed within two days. That was more than 30 square miles of ice that had been stable for thousands of years. Inuit associations are also calling for protection for the region and a say in studying and managing the resources that might lie there. For NPR News, I'm Dan Karpinchuk in Toronto. The Broncos today face the Saints without any of their usual four quarterbacks due to coronavirus restrictions. Two were considered high-risk contacts when the four were together earlier in the week, and now another has tested positive for COVID-19. An investigation found that all four of them violated league guidelines by not wearing masks when they were together. I'm Louise Schiavone, NPR News, Washington. All right, welcome back. It's time for Chatterbox. Final thoughts from the world-famous chat room and from social media. Silius, man, you have anything you want to add this morning real quick before uh, we get out of here? Go ahead, man. No, I, it's a bunch of stuff in here, but go ahead, man. Uh, All right, well, I have one black. quite a few, actually. Uh, let me see. Can I read them in here real quick? All right, Pastor checked in. He says, look, so this is what a post-Trump presidency show sounds like. What a third said, I'm torn on this topic. There are many scriptures that condemn same-sex relationships, Leviticus 18, 22, verses 20 to 13. He says, according to the Bible, homosexuality is a sin, point blank, period. And as true believers, we have to follow the word of God. I'm so glad Dr. Williams spoke and led a word of prayer, always special when she shows up. Thank you, Pastor. Rebecca, Michigan, come on, Georgia, vote blue. Don't give Mitch the majority. I agree with you, Rebecca. Brian, Coppers Cove, Texas, I don't hate gay people, but what they are doing is a sin, okay? Kevin, uh, Katie, Texas, as a gay Christian, the word of God says, love thy neighbor. How can this be a sin when God made me this way? Someone please answer that question. Ooh, don't have enough time, Kevin. Uh, Janae from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Hello, guys. I have been a faithful listener to this show for the past three years, and I absolutely love it. I have one request. Jake, can you arrange a meeting between me and Mariana Music? Oh. I've seen some of her photos, and I love her sassy and witty comments over the years. absolutely love, love, love her taste in music. Can you make this happen? Well, hopefully Mariana's listening, and if you're in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, you're not that far from her. So, um, I mean, you're, matter of fact, probably 15 minutes. So maybe you guys could uh, try to, I'll tell you what, I'll reach out to you after the show, sweetie, 
Let's see what we can do about that, okay? All right. Sounds good. That's it for this morning. So this is how we can... No, it's a female. It was a female that wanted to meet Marietta Music. As friends, I guess. I don't know. I mean, hey, you know. I didn't know that. I just said that the J. Wild show just become a dating show. That's not something I'm particular, but if you're looking, if you're, I just want to know. I just wanted to know. No, it did not. Well, since you have the mic, Miss Queen, give me your final thoughts. Oh, listen, everybody, just stay safe. And, um, you know, maintain gratitude. Just keep an eye out for what's going right in your life, how God is blessing you, what is amazing as opposed to what is going down the tubes and how alone you may be during this period of time. Stay safe, wear your mask, don't don't despise the science, and take care of yourselves and your family. God bless everybody, and hopefully we will all be here next week. All right. I love, like the pastor I love when you just show up. All right, uh, Jackie, give me your final thoughts before you get out of here. Um, great show today. Uh, love you all. I encourage you, we may be physically masked, but don't mask your creativity. God has a plan, purpose for your life, you know. Stay safe, be well out there, and enjoy your holiday season. All right. Good words, Jackie. Love when you show up as well. The minute is the first and last word, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. Final thoughts, my friend. Man, I would, you know, publicly like to apologize to Covina, man. He was here, and if I missed that saying that Covina, man, was here, my brother, I apologize to you because your comments in the uh, chat room were very witty, and I appreciate you at all times. But my, my last comment is, is, is this. Get out, folks, in Georgia and vote. And those who are not in Georgia, put your money where your mouth is. Make a donation. I don't care how small or how large it is. Get out and make a donation. And if you can, get out and make some calls. If you, I don't know if we could do it from, from, from here, but, hey, man, if I could volunteer in Georgia and make calls to Georgians, I will do that because, look, man, that's how important this election is. So get out and vote in Georgia. Turn Georgia blue. And Stacey Abrams, baby girl, I'm counting on you to do what you do. Work your magic. All right. And uh, since we're ten, since we're under 60 seconds, I'll make mine real quick and sweet. I've seen some comments about people talking about some of the things we do from a religious standpoint. You know what? Let me tell you something. The name of the show is the serious side of the J. Ryle Show. Hence the word J. Ryle Show. I do what I want to do. If you don't like it, change the channel. We're going to praise God when we get the opportunity to. And I'm going to say hallelujah and thank you, Jesus, when I get the opportunity to do as well. So, Mr. Elias, if it's Sunday, we're talking serious stuff. What time is it, my friend? It's time for the serious side of the Jay Rao Show. What a show this morning, folks. We appreciate everyone who showed up. Kathleen, Vanessa, Jackie, Jerome. and I mean, we're looking for you a uh, hawk next week. So we'll see you next week. Have a great work week. And remember, if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, it is the serious side of the Jay Rao Show. God bless everybody. We'll see you next week. It's God's will. That's right. God's will. Hallelujah.
You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 Network.